When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news on the quarterback front. Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. On paper, it makes a ton of sense. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback in this league. You can win with Derek Carr. Carr locks in your corner. He walks in. Touchdown. I don't want to waste any time. I want to win. How about this from straight from the man himself? Well, in a second, as Michael Thomas, his teammate, is very thankful for the new beginnings in New Orleans. Of course, what he is referring to is Derek Carr, who you just saw on that opening stamp, because he is headed to New Orleans. Say hello, welcome into NFL Lot. A pretty busy studio here. Herm Edwards yeah. to my left, the coach, and Dan Odomano, Dan Orlovsky here on my right. We've got uh, Lewis Riddick and Adam Shepard joining us as well. Busy day here for Shefty. I'm Field Gates. Let's dive right into the news of the day out of New Orleans. And Shefty is going to give us that in just a minute. Uh, Shefty, what is the latest on what is taking place in New Orleans with Derek Carr? Field Derek Carr is going to sign a four-year contract with the Saints. He tweeted out Houdat Nation. And it's essentially a situation where New Orleans prioritized Derek Carr. After the Raiders released him and allowed him to go visit, that was the one place that he spent a couple of days going to visit. He's played before with the Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, who was part of the Oakland Raiders organization when they drafted Derek Carr out of college. Now, those two men will be reunited again. He had interest from the Carolina Panthers. He had interest from the Jets. But clearly, he wanted to go to New Orleans to play in an NFC South division right now that's lacking in quality starting quarterbacks that essentially is in a position where the Saints can win that division. And the Saints had a good enough offer on the table. It's a four-year deal, but it's really going to be about a two-year, $60 million contract. He can make more in the third year of the deal. The fourth year of the deal is backloaded. So it really amounts to a two- or a three-year deal for Derek Carr. But he goes to New Orleans, and that is essentially the first big quarterback domino of the many to come here in the coming days with the new league year scheduled to begin a week from Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Shefty, great stuff. And as you can imagine, the deal is palatable for their salary cap, although the Saints never worry about finding space <laughs> under Ever. the cap. Uh, during Derek Carr's tenure with the Raiders, how about this? The Silver and Blacks defense allowed 26.1 points per game. That's the most for any starting quarterback to play at least 50 games with a single team in the Super Bowl era. He's now set to join a Saints team that's had a top 10 defense in terms of points allowed in each of the past three seasons. Carr has ever played with a top 15 defense in terms of points allowed in his career. Let's go to our quarterback, Dan. What do you think about this fit for Derek Carr? It's really good for both parties, not only Derek Carr, but the Saints. You know, if we think about the Saints offense and what they ask of the quarterback, and two things that I think Derek does really well. One, Get the ball out pretty quickly. He's really good with the quick game, making sure balls getting spit out to the sidelines, catchable throws, and then pushing the ball downfield. I've always thought one of the more underrated deep ball throwers in the NFL, and I think it's going to work really well with Pete Carmichael, who's been the offensive coordinator in New Orleans for like 14 years mm -hmm. now. It, and that's one of the reasons why I understood the schematic fit. I also think this, Derek's really good under center. 
and the Saints do it a lot. If you look at the way he performs when you put him under center and live in that play-action world, he's very good at it. The Saints like it as a big part of their offense because that offensive line still could be a top-10 unit. My question is, what is the roster going to look like after this contract comes into play because they've been over the cap and this is only going to impact it in some fashion? But like, you know what? They have a lot of nice young pieces on the offensive side of the ball that are really going to directly benefit from Derek Carr's veteran presence, his leadership, his consistency, quite honestly, in terms of being a guy who's going to be hold himself accountable to other teammates. And that's exactly what young guys like Chris Salavi, Rashid Shaheed, the wide receivers, Adam Troutman at tight end, Juwan Johnson at tight end. These are guys who I've all seen play multiple times live, and they are fantastic, fantastic athletes with great character who want to win football games. And Derek, look, Dan, as you mentioned, as being one of the better deep ball throwers, I think Pete Carmichael, yeah. via the Sean Payton tree, is one of the better schemers of being able to dial up those play mm -hmm. action shots that are, are that are able to push the ball down the field. And look, anybody who hasn't seen Rashid Shaheed play, this kid can absolutely fly. And I mean fly. And Chris Olave is one of the best route runners of all the young generation of wide receivers coming up. So he has a lot to work with, man. A ton to work with down here in New Orleans. Yeah, we'll see what the future holds for Michael Thomas, but there are plenty of other pieces in place. Coach, what does it mean for the Saints, though, right now in the NFC South? A golfing term. They are first in the clubhouse right now. <laughs> they posted yeah, a score? Yeah, in the <laughs> NFC South. And when you think about what he brings to the table, not only his ability to throw the ball, as you talked about, play action, offense fits his skill set, but what he's going to do for the locker room. And we're losing sight of that. When you think about bringing in a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, how is he going to handle the locker room? His personality, A+. Plus. He'll get along with these players. Coach drafted him mm. with the Raiders, so he understands the mindset of the guy he's bringing in the door. There's no guesswork here. Yeah. I know Derek Carr. I know as much about Derek Carr as anybody because – I drafted him mm. as a Raider coach. So this is a good fit for Derek Carr and the Saints. And, of course, Jameis Winston likely on the outs as a result of this move. We'll have more on the Jets' perspective. Of course, the Jets were also one of the suitors for Derek Carr a little bit later on in the show. But we have more news. And for that, we turn to Shefty. What is going on out in Kansas City? Shefty? Well, Field, at the Combine, the Chiefs and the agent for defensive end Frank Clark had some discussions about a rework contract. The two sides were unable to come to an agreement, and therefore, in the coming days, the Chiefs are expected to release the 29-year-old defensive end who is the NFL's third all-time leading sack leader in the postseason. Mm. And so there would be one more big free agent. Now, the Chiefs made some news today. They're not tagging their offensive tackle, Orlando Brown. They still would like to bring him back, see if they could work out a deal with him. But they also plan to move on from Frank Clark. So these are some of the fallout scenarios for winning the Super Bowl. When you win a Super Bowl, people get paid. People want more money. And Orlando Brown's going to want to be paid, though. It's something to be there in Kansas City protecting Patrick Mahomes. And then Frank Clark, who's been an asset and a force in the postseason, he'll have the chance to test the free agent market as well. And I would imagine there'll be some severe, significant interest in his services. No question about that. It's actually a pretty good edge class this year in free agency. You know, we're just about 24 hours away from the NFL's deadline to use a franchise or transition tag. And Shefty, we're right back to you with more news out of Dallas. 
the Dallas Cowboys put their franchise tag on Tony Pollard. They recognized that they did not want to lose him. He means too much to their offense. And so that franchise tag worth over $10 million officially was placed on Tony Pollard today. And now they'll continue to try to work out the long-term deal that the two sides were unable to get done this past week in Indianapolis when the two sides met about a long-term extension. Now the running back question in Dallas, of course, will involve Ezekiel Elliott, who's got no more guaranteed money on his contract. I think there's a chance that the Cowboys wind up moving on from him. He's a cut candidate, though Dallas would like to see if there's a way to restructure that contract and get it to where he's back on a lower number. But that'll be a call that Ezekiel Elliott will have to make, and we'll see how that transpires and unfolds here in the coming days. It's a great point, Chef, because as of right now, and things can change fast, those two running backs combined account for about $27 million on the cap in 2023. Dan, is this the right move, though, on using the, 20, uh, using the franchise tag on Tony Pollard? Oh, no, no question. Tony Pollard's the most explosive player on offense. Mm. And, and significant parts, and I have two questions kind of leading, going into the future with it, is the leg injury that he suffered against San Francisco, how much does that impact the negotiation for the long-term deal? And then how much is that going to impact how much or how they can use him next year? Mike McCarthy now is the new play caller. We've long said use him as a pass catcher a little bit more, and I want to see if Mike McCarthy is going to be willing to do that. So he's going to get 10.9. Does that mean that Zeke's contract is north of 16 million dollars? 16 million. Dan. There's a, there's That's no a chance. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's no chance that Ezekiel Elliott could be a Dallas Cowboy at that number this right. year. I yep. think he provides some type of secondary back use for them, but certainly not at that amount. So that's going to have to be adjusted for Dallas and Zeke. You make a great point. He is not the back that he used to be, obviously. And when you look at his production, it's been basically in the red zone. When you look at his touchdowns, they were inside the red zone, correct? So I think you're looking at a guy that, that that's at a place. Zeke has got a lot of hits in him. Yeah. When you think about the Dallas Cowboys, they need to draft a running back. Well, it's, well I think it also, this coach, do you want to take the X amount of dollars that you would save and not paying Ezekiel Elliott and use it our receiver, right? We all believe that they need some kind of a receiver. Re receiver and running back. They yeah. need another runner. Yeah. Because, look, you just mentioned, Pollard's coming off injury. Right. So they need another runner. That's a good point. Can't go into him week one bell cow type no, stuff. No, cannot. And part of what made them both successful, Zeke and Tony Pollard last year, was the balance. But, Lewis, let's turn to you for what more you believe needs to happen in Dallas this offseason, specific to the running back position. Yeah, th there's no question that depth is necessary. And, and I think they need a certain style of depth, too. They don't need a plotter at running back. They need, so they need big speed, okay? Not, not a sub-200-pound guy, but someone 210, 215. Like, think about Daenerys Prince from Tulsa, who goes about 6'2", 215, runs sub-4.5, runs in the 4.4s. They need that kind of guy to go with Pollard. Because, look, what did Mike McCarthy say now that he is taking over the play calling? Whether you like it or not. What did he say? I want to run the football more. Hopefully he means we want to be more efficient running mm. the football. I get that. But you know what coaches do sometimes. They're not always true to their word. Although I love Mike. Don't get me wrong. But they need big speed. They need explosive playmaking at the running back position to go along with Tony. Because that's what we all love about Pollard. Pollard before he got hurt. And you're right. We don't know how he's going to be coming off of injury. But that's what we love. The fact that they didn't need to run, a ball, run the ball a lot with him. Because when he did touch it you knew that the chance for a 10-plus yard run was very, very high because the guy was just so damn explosive. They need to make sure they get the right profile of guy, and the draft has plenty of them. Sure does. And back to the financials for Zeke. Get used to this term a lot over the next 7 to 10 days, a post-June 1 designation. It's sort of one of those inside baseball terms for the NFL. But if the Cowboys were to use that on Zeke Elliott, 
they could create $10.9 million in cap space this year. Now, the pain would be a little bit more in 2024, but it would help them for this year. We are just getting started on NFL Live and more NFC East talk with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley set to become free agents. Who will the Giants with a tag on? Hear why someone says there are consequences to signing Jones to a big deal. Plus, the Ravens have until 4 p.m. tomorrow to use the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Can a deal happen in the next 24 hours? Could be this. Could this be back to the beginning of the end for Lamar in Baltimore? Shefty has the latest on where talk stands. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The deadline to tag players for the 2023 season is now less than 24 hours away. Here's a reminder of the two different types of franchise tag. First, there's the exclusive tag where a player is not allowed to negotiate with other teams. For that reason, it comes at a higher cost. The exclusive tag for quarterbacks, as an example, is projected to be roughly $45 million this season. There's also the non-exclusive tag, where a team has the option to match an offer sheet if the player agrees to a deal with a different team. If they decline it, they get two first-round picks in return for watching that player walk away. Let's get Sheffy back in the mix here. And again, Sheffy, less than 24 hours for the Ravens to make a decision on Lamar Jackson as it pertains to the franchise tag. What's going on in Baltimore? Well, Field, we've seen these two sides discuss a new deal for about two years running. And while Deadlines sometimes spur action and produce deals. There doesn't seem to be a sign at this point in time that the two sides are any closer to an agreement right now, which means the Baltimore Ravens are expected to place their franchise tag on Lamar Jackson on Tuesday. The big question will be, is it the exclusive tag where he can't negotiate with other teams or is it the non-exclusive tag that would allow another team to sign him to an offer sheet that the Ravens would have the chance to match, or if they don't, get two first-round picks back in return. So that will be the question that the Ravens weigh overnight and have been mulling all along, quite frankly. Ozzie Newsom said today that the team plans to take that decision up until tomorrow's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, perhaps with the hope that maybe there's a deal that comes about with Lamar Jackson. I still think it's hard-pressed to see that happen. So the Ravens will tag him. The question is, with which tag? Feels like the never-ending saga. Lewis, how do you think this should play out for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson? How do I think it should or how I think it's going? <laughs> how do you think I'll it should? You, I yeah. Think it's going. I'll yeah. Th- yeah, yeah how, how it should. Look, ideally, 
when you're having when you have a negotiation, ultimately both parties usually leave something on the table, right? But you feel as though you've met somewhere in the middle to the point where you're both happy at arriving at what you would deem to be fair value. The player wants to maximize cash to himself. The club wants to do the best deal for the club that minimizes risk, but also takes care of the player. So they're so everybody in the end gets what they want. They're not even close to that right now. They're not even close, which leads you to believe that they believe on the on the management side that the risk far outweighs the kind of compensation that he's looking for. And he's just looking at the comparables, that being Lamar Jackson, and saying, hey, look, man, again, I've said this for the past year now. It's not my fault that the Browns negotiated that deal with Deshaun Watson. Stop holding it against me. I don't want to hear Adam Schefter, Lewis Riddick, Field Yates, Dan Orlovsky. I don't want to hear anybody talk about this may be an outlier, so you can't use it because I'm using it. I'm using it as a way in which to frame what I believe is my fair value. And if you want me to put up what I've done and what I mean to this organization relative to any other quarterback, hey, here you go. I'll give it right to you. And that's why I think right now, the only thing that you, as a general manager, really as a contract negotiator that you could do, there's really two things that you could do. One, say, well, we're not going to let you negotiate with anybody and slap the exclusive one and, be able, and then have to deal with the financial hit that comes with the salary cap number that's associated with it. Or two, say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance that on the open market, on the quasi-open market, via the non-exclusive franchise tender, that you aren't going to be able to get what you want. So we'll give you that. Go ahead out there. Negotiate a deal. And we'll see if it blows us out of the water so much to the point where we go, you know what, the heck with it. Go ahead and take it. We'll take the first round picks and we're going to move on. I think that's what it's coming to because they just can't seem to arrive at fair value, man. Mm. And, that, and ultimately, you got to let someone else determine what that is. And that someone else in this case is the open market. Yeah, well said, Lewis. I just think that's the beginning of the end for Lamar in Baltimore. If the non-exclusive tag gets placed on him. I think it's the beginning and beginning of the end for his time there. I also think it's very dangerous in the locker room. And, and I just think you're sending a message. This guy has been again. the model for your organization. He's a tremendous football player. And I under, and it's not as black and white as pay him, not pay him. There's way more gray than my brain can even comprehend on this. But this offense without Lamar averages 16 points a game in the NFL last year. That's the worst. They are the, the second-best scoring offense in the NFL with him playing. That's behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just think once you send that message, and if, like, my thing is this, Lewis, coach, if I'm the New York Jets and the non I can't get in my car fast enough. I'm driving right down to Baltimore. Mm. Here's our first two picks. Lamar, what's your contract value? We'll pay it to you. Now, Baltimore then has to make a decision, but I just think it opens the opportunity to lose this mm -hmm. dynamic, franchise-changing player. We'll get to coach in a second, but I know Shefty's back in. What do you got, Shefty? Well, you know, you think about this too, Field. If they put the exclusive franchise tag on him for $45.2 million, now we're starting to go down the path that Washington once went down with Kirk Cousins, where if the Ravens want to tag Lamar Jackson again next year because the two sides were unable to reach a long-term deal this year to tag him next year, then would be $54 million. So you're talking about $100 million guaranteed over two years if you decide to use the exclusive tag, plus you're going to get to a point at some point where he will have the ability to leave Baltimore if that's what he wants as a free agent, just as Kirk Cousins once did. Now, that's years down the line, mm. but that is another path that the exclusive tag begins to take you down if they're unable to get the long-term deal done 
that has been so elusive these last couple of years. Yeah, the unintended consequences really rear its head in this situation with Lamar Jackson. He has been the heart and soul of your football team. Mm. He has done everything you've asked a football player to do. He played this year trying to get a new contract. He ends up getting hurt. Right. Okay, so this is a situation where the locker room is watching this. If you're a player in the Baltimore locker yeah. room, you're going, they're doing that to Lamar Jackson? Yeah. What are they going to do to me? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now you set yourself up. You're talking about the AFC. That's where all the good quarterbacks lie. And you're going to let Lamar Jackson walk if someone else Pays him some money. You got Atlanta Falcons. Before. Look at Atlanta Falcons, yeah. right? And he walks. Now all of a sudden, you're not you're not a contender anymore in the AFC. You're well, starting or, over. Or, or, or you match though, right? Legit. I I, I I totally understand how that there's a very delicate line that you are walking right here. I also know that hypothetically, if you use a non-exclusive tag and someone else gives him an offer sheet that he agrees to, then the Ravens could match that offer and have Lamar for the next five years, and everything could be hunky dory again. <laughs> Five years and whatever amount of money you get from somebody else, there are certainly some potential consequences here. But Lamar being a Raven a long time would be a thing that could make a lot of people happy. All right, so coming up, it'll take the Giants more than $40 million a year to sign Daniel Jones to a long-term contract, right? It makes sense, Coach. Maybe. Uh. Sure, looking that way. Here Dan's thoughts on why New York or what New York should do before tomorrow's franchise tag deadline. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The XFL returns Saturday night as the Roughnecks take on the Guardians on FX and ESPN Deportes at 70. Shirt followed by the Brahmas. And the Sea Dragons and Sunday on ESPN2, the Renegades square off against the Battlehawks at 4 Eastern 1 Pacific. Then it's the Vipers and the Defenders. The atmosphere in D.C. has been electric. Every game is also available on ESPN+. Again, less than 24 hours from the franchise tag deadline. Coming our way tomorrow at 4 Eastern time. Shefty, what do you know about the plans for the New York Giants as it pertains to Daniel Jones? 
Well, Field, the Giants and Daniel Jones have been and continue to be working on a long-term extension that would then give them the flexibility to use the franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley, who would be the third running back to get the franchise tag. We've seen Tony Pollard got it. A few minutes ago, Josh Jacobs got the franchise mm. tag, and Saquon Barkley would become the third running back to get the franchise tag. Now, the Giants and Jones continue talking, and I think there's some continued optimism that a deal can be struck by the 4 p.m. deadline Eastern tomorrow so that the Giants would preserve that franchise tag and be able to use it on Saquon Barkley. But they feel like Brian Dayball really tapped into Daniel Jones' talents this year. I think Daniel Jones wants to stay in New York. Both sides would like to get this deal done. And I think they continue to move closer and closer to getting this deal done. We'll see whether or not they can put it across the finish line by 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Well, if the deal does get done, one thing we can say for certain, no player made himself more money this past season than Daniel Jones. But do you think, Dan, that this team should be paying Daniel Jones <laughs> north of $40 million per year? No. Okay. And, and I want to say this, though. Daniel, Daniel earned the right to be the quarterback of next year for the Giants, and he earned more money than he was going to make at the start of August or whatever. But who are you bidding against? I mean, everyone always in this business says, well, you are worth what the market is going to pay you. Well, who else is paying Daniel 40-plus million dollars? I can't think of a team. The Jets wouldn't. Seattle wouldn't. Like, Carolina? Indy? Carolina's not going to. Indy's not going to. You, they'd rather draft young kids. So that's why I sit there. Who are, we, who are we bidding against? And Daniel played better this year. 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. Every, I think the world of Brian Dable. I don't know Joe Shane, but I'm very high on him. Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdowns. Justin Fields missed two games and threw more. Tua missed four games and threw more. Dak Prescott missed five games and threw more. So the, the Giants are very much so banking that he's going to get better and also the talent around him, even though his contract's going to be $40-plus million, is going to be better because this is a huge number for a guy who basically didn't throw interceptions this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that work here. Okay, number one, I think they feel as though they will open up things for Daniel Jones a little bit more this year relative to last year because, one, they'll be able to protect him better, particularly inside where they feel as though they need to upgrade center in both guards and the, and the two young tackles. You know, namely, Evan Neal will get better. Andrew Thomas was one of the best tackles in, in, in professional football last year. That's number one. Number two, they want to keep both guys because they feel as though both of them are integral and very important to their long-term success. But here, it's the strategy of trying to keep both of them. They're willing to pay a little bit more for the quarterback relative to what the risk is of him maybe not being able to perform and continue to improve instead of paying the running back a market-leading contract based off of what history tells you, once you pay running backs as they hit a second contract, the risk shifts you know, exponentially to the side of the team. So they would love to maybe pay a little bit more, keep the quarterback, use the franchise tag, and pay as you go for the running back. That's this business. That's just the way they're trying to conduct it. And I can see why they're hoping it works out that way. Yeah, it feels like in almost every case, a long-term contract for a quarterback is the end goal. But it might not be the worst thing if the Giants have one more year of Daniel Jones sort of playing it out to earn it on a franchise tag. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley here for a second, Coach. How does he fit in all this? Well, he's your best player. But he plays a position that's very vulnerable, mm. being injured, running back. 
and he's carried the ball a lot already. And that would be my concern a little bit here. Yeah. And I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah. But if you're going to pay this quarterback all this money, and, and we just talked about it earlier, that all of a sudden you're going to open this offense, then things change, yeah. in, in my opinion. You become a more explosive offense because now the forward pass becomes part of what you want to do, right? And when you look at the running back situation here, um, he's a guy that has been nicked up some. And yeah. you got to be very careful when you start paying running backs. Pay, he's played one full season, yeah. Saquon? Yes. yes. Or, or two. One two and five. Okay, two yeah. and five. And then Daniel Jones had one good year yes. in five. Not great year. No. And so now we're, we're going to allocate 50-plus million dollars this year to no. those two no, players. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's a lot to take in. And, yeah. and, again, Daniel Jones went into this season 50 touchdowns, 49 turnovers. Yeah. It's, Look, it's, the it's Giants a had a surprising year, so everyone's excited. Yeah, no, the Bills but, but and he played well, and he deserves no a, some form of a contract. No doubt. I just think forty-plus million dollars at that position, a, 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 for his performance, is a lot Football to try and swallow. They can be tricky. That much is for sure. What a busy day we've had for yeah. news. And by the way, it has not stopped. As let's go to the AFC South, Calvin Ridley is back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nearly a year after he was suspended. He is back, Shefty. What more do we know about the situation involving Calvin Ridley? Well, Phil, I remember it was one year ago on a Monday, the Monday before the new league year started, that the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley one year for allegedly betting on games. And almost one year to the day, one year prior to that exact date, the NFL has now reinstated Calvin Ridley. But when he was suspended, he was with the Falcons. Now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this is a big boost mm. for the Jaguars' offense. He's allowed to join that team effective immediately. He can show up. He can work out. He can begin to learn the playbook. And when you start to envision the Jaguars' offense this upcoming season, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and today they place the franchise tag on tight end Evan Ingram to make sure that he's back in Jacksonville. So there, as you laid out in that tweet field, is the Jaguars offense as it's currently constituted for the 2023 season. This team is building up loads of talent on offense, and Calvin Ridley will be the newest chess piece for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, very clearly, he's a number one receiver in the NFL. If he's anything like he was back in the day, the Jaguars on paper have a top three, top, off, top four offense. And now we're talking about in their division, they have the best quarterback, and they have clearly the best receiver. If Calvin Ridley is even a shell of who he was in the past. Trevor Lawrence took massive leaps this year forward without that bona fide number one. Christian Kirk is paid to be one, and he performed at a pretty darn good level. But we're talking about an offense that could roll out three wide receivers now, a tight end and a tailback, that you go, mm. how do we hold them down? How do we stop them? If Trevor Lawrence takes that, that third-year step, like we saw Josh Allen do two years ago, we're talking about Jacksonville as a bona fide AFC title contender. Yeah, do not forget, this was a trade that was consummated during the NFL's trade deadline this past season. One that Jacksonville right. knew they were going to have right. Calvin Ridley for at least the rest of last year. Pretty shrewd business done down there in Duval. Hey, still to come, Anthony Richardson put on a show at the NFL Combine with a literally record-breaking performance. Here's what we think this could mean for his draft stock. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Can anyone unseat Bryce Young to me as the number one overall draft pick? If any other quarterback is picked ahead of Bryce Young, it's going to be Anthony Richardson. Wow. Days alive. Richardson. I think people are going the to upside, fall no. in love yeah. with the upside, and he's the one guy that you can talk yourself yeah. into. The headlining performance of the 2023 NFL Combine came from Anthony Richardson. That's right, as he set the record for both the broad and vertical jump by a quarterback. You see that right there. He also kissed casually, ran a 4-4-3. 40 at 240. Can we not glance over pounds. that, right? Like, these are alien type of numbers. Like that's, physically. That's, that's jaw-dropping, to say the least. And for more perspective on this, we got our guy, Matt Miller, ESPN draft analyst, in for a few minutes with us on NFL Live. And, Matt, what was the buzz on Richardson after his memorable, perhaps historical, combine performance? Yeah, Bill, we talked about it last week on NFL Live when teams were saying not only was he interviewing great, that was before the workout, right? That was on Thursday. When he worked out, I think everything started to change. Sitting in the stands at Lucas Oil, I'm sure Lewis's phone was blowing up as well. I have teams texting me saying, this is one of the best athletic workouts ever. And then we see the numbers after the fact, and it is the best quarterback workout ever. And I think that's the impressive part. We knew he was athletic. Now you can put those numbers into a historical context. And I think there is a strong movement right now to echo what RC was saying on some of those clips. He could be the second quarterback off the board. Now, is that what I would do? No, I would not. I would take C.J. Stroud if he's the second quarterback on the board. But I think the upside for Anthony Richardson right now is so great. If you're a team like Seattle or Detroit where you have a veteran that Anthony Richardson can sit behind, he's very, very attractive because there truly is no ceiling for what he can become. And that redshirt year could be very beneficial to him. But, Lewis, the one knock that we keep seeing on Anthony Richardson is his completion percentage, which was in the mid-50s during his college career. How much of a concern is that to you? I think history, and recent history in particular, has shown that guys who had those concerns in college, when you, when you talked about them, when you looked at them, and you didn't apply context, usually made you look stupid in the end. <laughs> because, number one, there's the individual personal factor that these guys can work at it, whether yeah. it be mechanically or holistically in terms of being with better, with better supporting cast, better coaching, and continued, you know, just steadfast, resilient type of you know, commitment to the process, they can make huge leaps and bounds. Josh Allen showed you this. Jalen Hurts has shown you this. Yep. It can be done. So I think with this young man, it started at the combine. If you saw how he looked on balance, how he looked fluid, 
how the ball came off his hand with anticipation and accuracy in a workout that is really not, it's not designed to help you look good. It's designed to see if you can catch on and develop chemistry with these wide receivers who you've never thrown to before yeah. and start making it look easy. He made it look easy. <laughs> Very easy. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts stuff, Lewis. Matt, to your point, I had a coach text me on Saturday and say, well, this, this is the, the, the accuracy. Let's, let's talk about the accuracy. So completion percentage, 54%, 116th in college football. Air yards, so they're not dinking and dunking down in Florida last right. year. They're, they're pushing the ball downfield. Look at the drops. Look at the drops. That, there's 107 teams better at catching the football <laughs> in college football than Florida. Because the reality, and I remember doing this with Josh Allen because everyone was talking about accuracy issues. And I think I broke mm -hmm. it down to, like, if Josh had one more completion per game, his completion percentage went from, like, 53 to 60. If you had two more completions a game, for a guy that had 107 teams better at catching the football in college football, his completion percentage, Anthony Richardson, goes from like 53 to 61. We're talking one drop, one throw. He had 19 throwaways last year. So let's take the, the completion percentage conversation and let's throw it in the garbage can, okay, America? My, my quick story on this is I had a coach text me Saturday afternoon, and it said, OMG, Anthony Richardson working out with emojis. And I said, ha, 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 I told you. Watch him throw. And he said, that's what I'm talking about. Seeing it up close in person is unbelievable. He made waves yeah. throwing mm. the football on top of the athletic mm -hmm. performance. Yep. Well, he certainly had a great combine. We'll find out just how much it impacts his draft status tomorrow when Todd McShay's latest mock draft drops. We'll have full coverage on that on NFL Live and a Sports Center special at 5 p.m. on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. You? I'll be there. Baby. Vase. Of course. Let's take a minute here and look at some of the other players that had a good week. Down at the combine, we'll do one on each side of the ball. Matt, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Give us a standout. Yeah, we can't go Anthony Richardson all show, guys. So I'll go Jackson Smith and Jig with a wide receiver from Ohio State. He played in just three games last year because of a hamstring injury. He only had five catches for 43 yards. But his workout, the receiving workout that you're seeing here, was one of the best that I've ever seen at the NFL Scouting Combine. Not only did he show great in the gauntlet, we saw, I think, fluid route running, crisp ability to get in and out of breaks. Really good body control, and I watched him go a go route where he looked flawless. And then there's this, guys, an elite short shuttle and an elite three cone, the best at this year's combine. Some of the best numbers we've ever seen at 6'1", 196 pounds. We're talking about short area quickness and body control that was almost equal to Julian Edelman at the combine. Edelman's feet were certainly one of a kind. Dan, why would teams fall in love with Jackson Smith and Jigba? Three words, feel, winners, and finish. Mm. I mean, he's elite at all three of those number one can you feel zone coverage in the slot he's got a basic 10 yards and running in route okay he's got to feel the zone window as that zone dropper drops and he gets right behind him get your eyes to that inside backer never run to the bad guys we call that sit be boring see how he throttles down right there that's that passing window that is something very difficult to, to teach separation he's going to seam inside why he wants the defender to get down inside Watch as he goes down in, the defender is going to follow. Now I've created separation. Push vertical. See how close the defender is right now? Watch at the end. Bang as he leans inside. That is separation. Three or four yards from a guy that was in his back pocket. And then I think he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's a slot guy. Now he's just going to kind of push vertical, get that flat defender to widen, and just spot up. But what he does with the ball in his hands after is great. There's five guys that you can see in a safety in the middle of the fan at the red end. 
You tell me if anyone touches him. Mm. So for a guy that people might say, is he fast? Anyone catching him? We got, nope. Out of this play. No one catching him, okay? So we're talking about a guy that's got great feel. We're talking about a guy that understands how to separate from defenders. And then he's very much so yards after the catch. I think he's got a little golden Tate in him when it comes to that as well. One of your former teammates, of course, Golden Tate. Let's go to the defense side of the ball, uh, Matt, as, of course, some believe the defense wins championships. We had a big weekend in Indy in your estimation. Yeah, guys, Georgia outside linebacker Nolan Mm -hmm. Smith coming off a torn pec injury that happened on Halloween. uh, He turned heads with a 4-3-9, which was faster than most of the running backs and wide receivers we saw. I mean, the first step, quickness, burst, those are the things we're looking for, but also a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical, which does show that first step quickness, the lower body burst. So Smith really answered a ton of questions coming back off that upper body injury. To get healthy to run is, I think, a lot harder than people realize. And to me, he's very similar to someone I know Lewis is familiar with, Hassan Reddick, who can be that under 240-pound outside pass rusher. Lewis, mm-hmm. what, what is the team going to get when they draft Nolan Smith? Really, it's it's about that first step quickness that Mac talked about. It's about get off. And look, one of the best things I did this past year was I went out to the pass rush summit in Vegas that is run by Chuck Smith and Von Miller. And all the best top pass rushers are out there. And they said this, if you can't get off the line of scrimmage, then you're not going to be an elite pass rusher. When you watch these clips right here and look at this young man in terms of his snap reaction, then his lateral agility, his awareness in terms of when he gets the quarterback depth of whether he needs to keep running the arc or whether he needs to stop his rush, retrace his steps back up in the pocket, he has that. He has tremendous competitive toughness and resiliency, meaning you aren't going to stop him as far as his desire to hunt quarterbacks down. And he's scheme diverse, meaning he could be a 34 outside backer in odd fronts, or you can put his hand down and sub and say, just get in the nine and now go to work. He will get bigger. He will get stronger. He's already got the intangibles. He is going to be hell on wheels, man. This guy's going to be a problem for people rushing the passer. And I remember last year, right after the 2022 NFL draft, some were wondering, could Nolan Smith be a top five pick in the 2023 NFL draft? Good weekend in Indy certainly helped his stock. We are not done as up next, Derek Carr is going to the Saints. What does that move mean for the Jets and their quarterback search? Hear why Herm thinks there's a reunion that could be brewing in New York. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back on NFL Live with our top story revisit. Adam Schefter, what can you tell us about Derek Carr's next step? All right, Field, Derek Carr heads to the New Orleans Saints. It's a four-year contract and structure, but it's really closer to a two-year deal worth $60 million. 
maybe three years if he's there for a third year. The Panthers are interested. The Jets were interested. But clearly, Derek Carr wanted to reunite with Dennis Allen, the coach he worked with in Oakland with the Raiders. Now, the Jets are looking for a quarterback still. The Panthers are looking for a quarterback still. And there are more quarterback questions as the new league year is set to begin at 4 p.m. Eastern a week from Wednesday. A fun 10 days ahead. Shafty, great stuff. And you mentioned that the Jets were interested in Derek Carr which means that they still need a quarterback. Last season, there were 39 quarterbacks in the NFL to throw 150 passes. The Jets had three of them in Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco. All of them ranked in the bottom seven in the league in total QBR, and only Zach Wilson, for now, remains under contract for the 2023 season. All right, so Dan, with Derek Carr off the table, where should New York turn now? Aaron Rodgers. Mm. It feels like it's been Aaron Rodgers from really the beginning. And their options aren't great. It, the Jets are this a very difficult situation to be in. They are. I think Aaron's going to be a Jet. Okay, that, that's just my gut feeling as of today. And I think okay. it's one of two ways that it happens. Aaron says, I'm going to rework my contract and take less money. Or the Packers are going to take some of what I think is a $58 million salary and pay some of it to take this a little bit easier on the Jets. And that, for me, guys, is why this is a little bit more appealing than I felt like it last week. Because last week I was like, man, all that money, you have to cut some really valuable players on your football team, and you're a lesser team. If they can get the Packers to eat some of the salary and, or, or Aaron take a lesser amount and keep kind of the roster that they have intact, then you're a top four, top five team in the conference. Yeah, one of the things you have to do when you're talking about veteran player acquisition as a front office and the coaching staff, you have to manage expectations when you're bringing in someone of this magnitude. And the reason why I say that is this. When you bring in someone like this, if you trade for Aaron Rodgers, the number one thing you better know before you do that, given what the expectations are going to be, because you're not going to be able to manage them in this situation if you trade for him, because the expectation is going to be Super Bowl. Uh, look, he's, he's maybe going to—he's year to year at this point. So what are you bringing him in for? You're bringing him in to make a run at the Super Bowl in the already loaded AFC. So the number one thing you better know is this. When is he showing up? When yeah. we have him under contract, when's he showing up? Yeah. Because if he says the stuff he's been saying in the past, which is, I don't need the offseason. I can get up to speed at any time. And everyone else keeps saying he's the greatest of all time. He's the most talented of all time. He can show up in the offseason. Well, yeah, that's great for him. But what about Garrett Wilson? What about Elijah Moore? Mm -hmm. What about Brees Hall? What about all those guys who need his positive impact on the football team? Because I'll tell you what, you bring him in, and you pay him that money, he shows up in August, the team starts off 1-6, 2-7, something crazy like that, and they start losing ground in the already hot AFC, and then they don't make the playoffs? Shame on you then. Mm. Shame on you for not understanding, not managing the expectation before you brought him in there. Because that's what I'm afraid of in this situation. And You're talking about a guy right now who is battling every year with whether or not he wants to still play the game. That's what I want to know. Well, yeah, it is certainly a risk. That much is for certain, even if it is a four-time MVP that you potentially be acquiring. So where does this leave the Jets from? Where are we at with the Jets and their quarterback search and where this team would be with or without Aaron Rodgers? Well, um, when you think about Aaron Rodgers, okay, we've just explained that. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Hmm. He's just kind of sitting around right now, and, and the coach was with him in San Francisco. Yep, he can manage the game. He will be good in the locker room, to say the least. He'll work at it. Sure. Uh, he could handle the media, right? I mean, all these things. He's played in a lot of playoff games, by the way. He has a lot of playoff experience. Yeah. He's played with the coach. Coach is on the defensive side of it. He watched him practice every day. Now, maybe the coach feels different about Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. But I got a feeling that there's been some talk 
just some quiet talk. Ooh, ooh, just about talk Jimmy Lee. I don't coach him. I don't. I don't disagree. Like if I said this last week, if Aaron Rodgers is going to cost you sixty million dollars, your first round pick, and you got to cut like three valuable veterans, then I second guess it. Okay. But if you're going to tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to cost you. $15, $20 million, you keep that first-round pick, your roster stays intact, yeah. then I can, I, I can vibe with that a little bit more. The, the, the roll of the dice is, is health. Right. right. The roll of the dice is Zach Wilson is likely playing football for you this year. Right. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, but about a minute left here, Lewis. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo as a potential option for the Jets if they don't acquire Aaron Rodgers? Look, I know people in San Francisco who love this dude. And a lot of the durability issues that he has had some people believe as though, because, you know, as great as that offense was out there, maybe he wasn't being protected as well as he could have. If he can stay healthy, I love the impact he could have on that team. It would certainly be an interesting addition for the Jets, and one thing is for certain. They are going to absolutely turn over every stone available at quarterback Happy. this offseason mm -hmm. because, as we saw last year, this defense, ready to win. A lot of the pieces on offense, win year for those ready guys. to win. We have a massive show tomorrow Ooh. as the NFL's franchise tag deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. And right after that, a Todd McShay mock draft sports center special where Anthony Richardson land after his combine performance. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.